0: Welcome to the STL
1: Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's Phil here. This is the STL Soccer Report. I am in Dogtown right now. Actually, looking out the window, there's some good traffic and, of course, there's some rain falling. So that will be one of the topics we talk about, the flood for sure. Uh, the first up actually today, there's an interview with Pat Berry about exactly that, about what the team is going to do about the flood, and um, he also talks about a few other things that I ask him, my dispel some rumors that have been floating around is for sure. So uh, that's the first thing up, uh, after that we're going to listen to a Tyler David interview from IMG in Florida, and then we, I was actually and lucky enough to get him on the phone tonight to um, talk about what has happened since then and also to talk about that last game was a real interesting one for him so uh, we hear that and then at the end there after the interview uh, Spencer joins me for part of the interview and then we talk over everything we talk about the flood we talk about the game against OCB And uh, we wander off and start talking about other things as usual, uh, which I think is a good thing So uh, thanks for listening to the show today Stick with us to the end to hear a little bit of commentary on everything you hear in the first half But like I said, first up here is Pat Berry We talk about the Flood It's an old interview, a couple days old So at this point the game hadn't been postponed, just so you know Alright Okay. Welcome back. Pat. uh Pat Berry was nice enough to join me and talk about, uh, the recent turn of events for St. Louis FC. You know we're not talking about player acquisitions or wins or losses. Unfortunately, again, we're talking about flooding. Um, Pat, thank you for joining me and, and, uh, I'm sorry about the, the rough work week you've had here.
0: No, it's great. Great to be with you and, uh, appreciate the thoughts, but, uh, we're, uh, we're already working on preparations to, uh, put the park back together so uh, unfortunately we're getting good at this and and we'll be better this time than we were last
1: yeah can you maybe tell me about that that's what we've been hearing things like having insurance and yes we've dealt with this before can you maybe be more specific about this time around
0: yeah absolutely it's it's first of all it's a really complicated and kind of comprehensive process but uh just starting from the beginning uh, when we knew that the water was coming the national weather service did a did all of us a favor by uh, projecting it to be close to where it's actually gonna be from the beginning rather mm-hmm. than slowly inching it up over time. So we were able to get 99% of the contents out of the building and off the premises uh, to the point where they were on higher ground. So uh, from that perspective, that allows us to pop back up much faster. Uh, we're also, um, now that we're, we were set way ahead of time, we have crews ready to go in, um and get things done for us and start to restore it and, and remove the water damage and then rebuild it. Whereas we were we were two or three days after the flood and still trying to, to get contracts done and get get work started. So we're gonna be at be ahead of the game. We've already started ordering some of the parts necessary to repair, for instance, the lighting structures. So we learned a lot the last time and, and we're putting it to good use this time.
1: Yeah, well, it makes it it sounds like you guys are all ready to get right back in there at, in Fenton. And so I just wanted to go ahead and kill uh, some rumors that that have been circulating things being said, like, would they consider moving to a different spot? It sounds like that's not even in the plans or even in the thoughts.
0: No, as far as moving St. Louis FC games on a permanent basis.
1: Well, like say you get all this insurance money back to spend it as you wish. I don't know if that's even a possibility, but would you ever consider leaving Fenton soccer park just because this may keep happening to a safer location? Is that something you guys have tossed around in talking about this?
0: You know, not really. Um, And the reason we say that is we, you know, we own the soccer park. And so the ability to make a minor league soccer franchise work um, is greatly enhanced, and I would say it's pushing towards um, nearly impossible to, to make it work if you don't own your own franchise just be, or your own facility, just because the cost of operating these teams just continue to go up. And so to take St. Louis FC to a different facility that we don't own limits our revenue opportunities. And so, though you know, we obviously don't like any part of the flood, and it's very disruptive. For now, at least, uh, we'll rebuild, rebuild a soccer park and St. Louis FC, will, it'll be their home for the foreseeable future. Having said that, you never know as you go down the road and other opportunities come up, but that's certainly not in our thinking or in our plans right now.
1: Sure. I'm mean, kind of thinking things like you know, paying what I imagine are extravagant insurance premiums might still be cheaper than having to start from scratch at this point.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, insurance premiums, are, well, they were higher going into this and they'll likely go up in the future. And I think we, we understand that and can handle that. But, you know, a new soccer specific stadium, even for USL is anywhere from 10 to $30 million. So, um, insurance premiums don't even come close uh, to that amount. So, so for now we'll rebuild the soccer park and, and we'll look, we've had two very crazy weather events that have forced this flooding that had never happened in the past. So, you know, maybe we'll get a break here and not have to deal with this for a while.
1: Yeah, (laughs) good. Uh, I absolutely hope so. Um, And, you know, not to mention there's a lot of history at that soccer park. It'd be absolutely, you know, it'd be terrible to kind of leave all that behind and start somewhere new. So,
0: Um, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if for some reason, you know, uh, again, not in the plans, but if St. Louis F.C. did go to a different place, I think it will always be a soccer facility that's used for, for youth and amateur and adult, and, and so yeah, the soccer park has way too much history.
1: Okay, so the obvious question here is, everyone's asking me and asking, I think, the Luligans more more than likely, is we have a game on Saturday here in town against Rochester Rhinos. Where will that game be played? Any, any news on that front?
0: No news there, and again, this is a complicated process because we have an opponent we've got to consider, and the league has to be involved. So we're working really closely with the league and Rochester to find the best solution for everybody, the team, teams that are involved, the fans, uh, everybody. So once we have some information to share, which should be pretty shortly, I would think, but then the next 24, 48 hours, we'll get it out. And, you know, the game will be played at some point and look forward to having everybody, um, at that game and hopefully celebrating two points.
1: Yeah, sounds great. So the guys have been getting after it all week. We're lucky not all USL clubs have backup uh, facilities that they own, and we have that facility out in Collinsville, and so the guys have been practicing out there this week. Uh, tell me a little more about that.
0: Yeah, the guy, the coaching staff, Jeremy, the players have rolled with the punches really well. They'll be at Collinsville for a while, um, and Jeremy's starting to put together plans for at least for a few weeks to see where we can get the guys. But you know, we have – several you know three facilities that we own and operate collinsville is right now the best one for them and and uh, look this is something we all got to deal with the players are no different they've been great about it so far and you know hopefully this is a rallying cry for the organization to you know make sure that, that uh, we have great success on the field and off this year
1: that's great pat thanks again for joining me we'll let you get back to uh what i imagine is a busy week for you thanks again thanks sir. All right, I'm joined with Tyler David right here outside of IMG Academy. It was nice enough to join me kind of after hours. Tyler, how you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, how, tell me about the week. Tell me how it's going as far as preseason and your training and how you've been coming along. Um, you know,
2: it's it's been good. And you know It's our, about our third weekend now, kind of our fourth week. We started up a little bit before preseason on our own. Um, so it's really starting to get to know the guys. Um, part of a preseason trip is all about not just the soccer but the team bonding aspect and being around each other um I think after about what has been about eight nine days I think we're all probably ready to go get back to St. Louis and get back (laughs) to the normal swing of things but as far as training and playing is concerned it's been good to get three games in now a fourth tomorrow um I think we're all just really excited to get back to St. Louis and get things going.
1: Yeah, there's something about going away that kind of brings a team together a little more.
2: Yeah, you know, especially here at IMG, we're kind of on lockdown. Um, (laughs) It's not your normal campus, I guess, for a high school. Uh, So we've been around each other nonstop. Every meal is together as a team. Everything we do is together as a team. Um, Preki really does a good job of making sure we show everybody around us and show each other that we're all uh, on a team together
1: right on well let's get right to the obvious things you're one of what basically three guys that have stayed around since last year um can you talk to me about like the process between last year and this year the conversations and the decisions you had to make
2: um yeah you know so i had an option on my contract last year um so at the end of the season i knew i was in a somewhat good position with the current coaching staff we had Mm -hmm. and with jeremy the gm um so following the season we took a little time off uh through the transition period and then once precky was hired um he brought us back in for a training camp and i think it was about the end of october and so that was a chance to get to meet him and work with him Mm -hmm. which um you know can be a benefit and can be a hardship for a lot of players um luckily i still felt pretty fit and i had been in good form at the end of the year Mm -hmm. um and so it was a really good thing for me and uh, i think i i was happy to get to know precky and know that it was a place i wanted to be and then it was up to whether the club wanted to keep me or not and so it was
1: almost like a tryout it was who were kind of on the team it was essentially
2: a tryout for guys who were already under contract
1: yeah so that could be a benefit too i'm sure you're waiting the weighing the benefits of maybe having to look for another team but also playing for a coach like precky that's gotta be attractive to a guy like you
2: yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie of course i I kind of wanted to know whether there was more interest out there just to, you know, weigh the options. Definitely. But, uh, um, doing the tryout, getting to know him, and then it's always nice to know in the offseason that you already have a job for next year. That's true. So figuring out er, figuring out the earlier the better, and I think some guys, well, of course, some guys and some guys I know are figuring that out as the preseason drags along this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's kind of cool to be under Precky and to make this decision to stay on the team, uh, but, man... It, Midfield is a tough place to be right now on this team. So, like, how's it been going trying to fight for a a starting role again, Um,
2: basically? Yeah, you know, um, a lot of people, I think, can shy away from competition. But the reason I'm a soccer player, the reason I'm a competitor is because I like competition. Mm -hmm. The only way, I mean, as much as I love St. Louis, there's a lot bigger places I want to go right now in my career. And so having a competitive midfield, having a coach that expects a lot out of you is only going to make me a better player. Whether I come off the bench or whether I get to start is yet to be known, but just that comp- competition every day in practice is only going to make me better in the long run.
1: Definitely, and I think you've had a very good preseason uh, to my you know, I'm untrained eyes, I should say, um, but it's also kind of nice that you're be able to you can move around a little bit I saw you got a little time at center back in the first preseason game you played um, but you look great going forward too so um, is that something you're trying to be able to move around and fulfill roles
2: you know playing center back at SLU um, for four years I'll always be comfortable there Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the coaching staff now and personally I see myself in the midfield with this team sure but it's always good to be versatile and be able to play a number of different roles so you know in that first game Eric felt a little knock or whatever and had to go out so it was easy just to shift me back and that kept me on the field so that was nice to be able to do that
1: oh right on yeah i didn't realize that about eric obviously he's fine he played again but um great um you know it was about a year ago a little further than a year ago i actually interviewed you for the first time and it was you know, I knew you were a center back for four uh, for four years with SLU and you said you saw yourself going to Central Mid. And I kind of had my doubts because I thought, well, another college center back who thinks he can move up. But uh, yeah, you've done really well. So um, how about talk about Minnesota. It's your hometown. They're getting an MLS squad. I imagine in the future they may have a USL squad. Uh, was it tempting to try to get into that camp? Is it something you tried maybe? Um... I
2: I would love to play at home. Yeah. I'm not going to say I wouldn't love to play there um, with all the support there, with all the excitement with the new team. Um, and they keep tracking you, too. I've noticed that. I, and, I you know, I know Manny on somewhat of a personal level, the GM there. Nice. Um I have connections there. I have some friends that play there. I've trained with some of the guys back there whenever I go home. Um, so it's definitely something that's appealing to me. I'm, ha- I'm definitely happy where I am right now, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be opposed to trying to make her make an attempt to get into the Minnesota team in the future, that's for sure.
1: Right on, man. Well, we got another almost a month of preseason to go. What are your goals for the rest of the preseason here?
2: You know, I keep grinding every day. I mean, it's been a grind. Preki expects a lot. The team mm-hmm. expects a lot. Um, it feels like we've been getting better, but we have a long way to go still. Um, you know, four weeks about until we go to Louisville, and the only expectation is that we come out with three points, so we have a lot of work to do. But uh, just keep getting better, especially get our game form in the upcoming preseason games that we have, and you know just keep working hard, and the rest will come.
1: No doubt. Cool. Well, last thing, um, you know, totally different system here, um, pressing a lot. Obviously, your role is a very vital one in this system. Uh, that position, can you talk about that and, and the difference and? Do you enjoy doing it this way, or you don't care? What, How do you feel about it?
2: Yeah, you know, last year we kind of sat back a lot more. Sure. Countered a little bit more. Um, so it's definitely a huge change. Um, it's something I'm a little bit used to uh, from my playing days back in Minnesota. Cool. We had a pretty athletic team that played in a similar fashion. Um, but I love it. Uh, for as far as me, you know, I'm not... The quickest person or the fastest person in the midfield but I feel like I'm good at reading the game I'm a very vocal person so that plays to my strengths and then um, I'm also pretty fit and so those three things I think help me a lot in this system and it's a lot more fun to play when you are chasing people and have the ball out so
1: sure and and that's one thing i've noticed about you i don't know if this is true again untrained eyes here but i mean the second you get the ball i feel like you don't look down ever you're, <laughs> you're always looking downfield for the that that long pass of some sort and you're happy to keep it on the ground like precky likes so is that something you pay attention to pretty
3: well yeah
2: for sure i mean it's a lot more fun like i said when you have the ball when you're playing soccer mm-hmm. and i'm not the flashy player who's dribbling all over the field i like to get it get it play get it back play get it back so uh, it's definitely a fun system for the type of player that I am, mm-hmm. and it helps play to my strengths a lot more than some systems might.
1: Cool. Well, I've enjoyed watching you, Tyler, and good luck from the rest of preseason. Thank you very much. All right, you just listened to me talking to Tyler David at IMG in way back in preseason. It's the last interview we have from IMG there, and um, now we are lucky enough to have Tyler David on the line to talk about uh, the progress so far this year. Tyler, man, thanks for joining us, and uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Always enjoy talking to you about everything. Um, I was really excited to try to talk to you after this last game because there were quite a few differences. Um, The biggest difference seemed to be in your positioning. um, You know, you switched halfway through. Uh, Can you talk about that different look there in Orlando? Yeah, um, you know, I think from my
3: perspective, it was different with this team, but. It was very comfortable for me um having played that exact position as a center back of three in the back at slow for a couple of years Mm. um so i think from the coaching staff perspective and my perspective it made a little bit of sense as i was so familiar with that position um you know i think a lot of people were probably interested to see us change formations um after some success this year but i think it was just good to give the other team a different look um you know a lot of teams are starting to scout us and know how we're trying to play and what we're trying to do um so i think giving them that different look was something that we decided might be a good idea um obviously part way through the game we decided to go back um to what we were more familiar with but uh it was more just i think to give orlando a different look and maybe try and catch them off guard a little bit
4: hey tyler spencer here um do you think that had to do with the injuries that you guys switched it up? Or do you think if everybody was healthy, you still would have switched it up to the three, four,
3: three? You know, I'm I'm not, I'm not in the coaching staff's office, so I can't tell you for sure. Um, from my perspective, I think that change was made partially from the injuries and in personnel and partially just to t- catch them off guard. Um, Orlando played a little bit different than we expected to. Um, they, they, you know, they had a couple of guys down from the MLS squad. So the way they played um, with Larian and Bear, or sorry, um, with Laria and Barry up top um, was a little bit different than the two guys who had been playing for them. Um, and so I, it, it made a little bit of sense to build with three guys in the back. And then we figured out, you know, they were only kind of pressing with one forward. So just going to two in the middle of the game made a little bit more sense.
1: Gotcha. That makes sense. And and it really makes sense especially in USL. MLS can be the same way too. Like people talk about the parity and getting figured out. I, I always wondered if that was a problem last year kind of having a plan B. And even in away games I was wondering about our plan B and very obviously in this game Preki has plenty up his sleeve to pull from. Um so that was really interesting. Um did you you know, you mentioned playing center back in a back three at SLU. Um, how did, you know, I thought it was interesting that you traded with Plua as well, because he was in the midfield, it looked like, in the beginning of the game. And then when you switched back to normal, he he went back to center back and, and you were uh, defensive mid. So, I don't know, can you tell me about that and tell me like where you prefer to play? I don't know if you know if you, uh, where Conrad prefers to play or anything like that.
3: Um, yeah, so with a back three, when we're playing like that, especially the way we play, we open up the field really big. Um, it looked like Cal Eric, and Conrad were in the midfield, but really they were our outside center backs. Um, and then Dennis and Wes Sharpie in the first half were kind of like our outside backs, and it almost becomes a back five defensively and a back three offensively. Um, so that's why it might have looked like Conrad was pushed a little higher. Um, really, uh, I, my mom actually happened to ask me the same question, so that's <laughs> funny. But uh, I really, it was, I was like a defensive midfielder, just dropped in offensively where I split the center back. But defensively, it just added an extra person in the middle of the field. Um, you know, we also have gotten counta- ca- ca- caught on a couple of counters this year. Um, So having an extra player farther back in the middle of the field also, I think, kind of helped take that away in the first half. Um. But I love playing in the midfield. I was I'm comfortable in the center of the back as well. Um, but you know, as long as I'm on the field, I'm I'm pretty happy.
1: So that's huge help for me that you broke it down like that. I appreciate you doing that. Um, and and that was my next question. You answered that one too, which is man for a center back. You really got forward, but you were still somewhat playing that defensive midfielding role, midfielder role, even from back there. So. Man, there's a lot going on in this 3-4-3 and I've I've heard that learning preki system in general has been a difficult task. It's just to the average soccer player, we I don't think we know 10% of what's actually happening in a 4-4-2 even, which is considered maybe the simplest formation out there. Is that probably the case as far as you can tell?
3: Um yeah, you know, I the way we play our 4-4-2, it's a lot different than anything I've ever seen as well. You know, our outside mids are almost like attacking mids, um, and we push our outside backs really high. So in Preki system, I think the biggest thing for every player on the field is just having a soccer mindset and being able to move and find those spaces, regardless if you're in the middle or you're on the outside. Um, and that just takes time because you have to have chemistry with the players around you to know where they're going. So you know where to go as well, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I was,
4: um, I saw you down in Florida. I was at the game and it seemed like you guys were tired humidity. I mean, it was a nice warm evening down there, but I mean, you guys had your chances. Uh, what's, uh, Matt Spearman got called off sides, um, which I think he was on sides, but, could you tell the humidity and heat did that play into it at all or were you guys just happy to get out of there with one point
3: you know it was incredibly hot i mean humidity and heat probably an understatement i mean Hmm. i i'm not i'm not gonna lie we were tired i mean it was hot um but at the same time it's hot it's just as hot and humid for the other team um some of the orlando guys even said they hadn't even played in heat like that yet um so it's just as hot and humid for them, and at the same time, I think it's okay to be tired in the you know we talked about this a little. It's okay to be tired in the 75th, 80th, 90th minute, but in the first 45, you 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 really have no excuse for that heat and humidity. Um, you know you you gotta you gotta be able to go out and do your thing. Um, I think getting a point on the road is always a great thing, but at the same time, with the standard we're trying to set with this club with our team. Um, We would have definitely liked to steal three points in that situation.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've been really curious, too, since we're talking about playing away and maybe going for one point or not, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily I thought you guys do that, but I know the game plan seems different. I don't know if the game plan is totally different when you're away, um, but I know at times we play the team looks different when they're away when you guys are away and so i was curious if that was game planning or if it's just kind of the way it happens i do want to say in orlando you guys really looked really similar to what you looked like at home but um is that something that's different a home and away
3: you know i think with every team um that's
0: a little bit natural you know
3: at home you're in front of your crowd you're you go through your pregame ritual at home you sleep in your own bed you have a good, you don't travel. Uh, There's so many different things that go into just being a little bit more comfortable at home. So I think there's a little bit of natural element to where most are better at home, but at the same time uh, on the field, there's also. So if I can give an example, like when you're on the road, you don't want to concede a goal, especially in the first 45 minutes. That's just kind of soccer knowledge. I feel like you don't want to concede a goal. So, maybe that path that path in the middle of the field you're going to make at home you might second guess yourself and maybe just play a safer ball if that makes sense so i think there's an element of let's be a little bit safer but at the same time you we're trying to definitely play the same way on the road as we do at home it just doesn't always pan out that way
1: yeah that makes total sense and again thank you for breaking it down for for guys like me um, I, I do want to ask, you know, the last time we talked, it was it was at IMG and we talked about your decision career wise, you know, staying with St. Louis, with Minnesota up there. How do you feel like that decision has gone so far? And, 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 w- and what do you see happening for the rest of the season for you?
3: Um, you know, I I think I probably said that IMG, too, I have uh, the amount of soccer knowledge and the amount of it improvement that I feel in my game due to staying in St. Louis with Precky and this team um, makes me, I I, I don't think I could have made a better decision at this point in my career. Obviously, the goal is to probably go to the MLS, go to higher levels, but um, I played in, I think I started 10 10 games or something last year and played in about 20. So getting games in the USL is going to be a huge part of my development. Um, And If I'm being completely honest with myself, too, I probably would not have played this year yet, or I would have came off the bench due to some injuries. I've been lucky enough to get a chance, Um, but I think it's been really good for my development to get some games under my belt and uh, start developing more as a player.
4: Hey, it's Spencer again. Um, Kind of get off topic of that. Um, I mean, how has it been training over in Collinsville? I've seen you guys been trained over there a lot. Um, How's that been going compared to training at home?
3: first reaction it's really windy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, There's no trees around there, are there?
3: Yeah, it's re- it's really windy, but um, you know, it's they have a turf field over there. Uh the grass was a little bit underwater on Monday. We were lucky enough to get on the grass. Um, Everything's yesterday. underwater.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. We were lucky enough to get on the grass yesterday and um I think that's pretty good for guys bodies and stuff like that. So, um we were happy to play on the grass a little bit. But um If I can give a shout-out to the club, the club has done an unbelievable job in taking care of us They, You know, we got a call on the weekend. They told us – or they sent out a message. They told us they took care of all of our lockers, took care of all our stuff. They had it all waiting for us at the Collinsville facility. We're still able to do our workouts. Um, They've made – other than there's no showers there, other than there's no showers, they've made it very professional and very – they've accommodated us very well. Uh, even in these tough circumstances.
4: Now, I take it you saw the news as everybody else did that this game has been postponed this weekend. Are you happy about that? Are you saddened? Um, my first reaction was, I want to see watch some soccer, so I was kind of sad. But on the other hand, we have a lot of injuries, and it's more time to rest up. But do you would you rather rest, or would you rather just keep going, keep going, and keep working?
3: I'm definitely n- never happy when there's a weekend off. You know, th- I mean, this is my job. This is my life. Um, I love to play. I think everybody in the locker room would probably say the same thing. But on the other side, when you look at something like that with all of our injuries, getting a couple guys um, that have been out an extra week to get healthy is definitely going to be beneficial for our team. Um, And hopefully an extra week of practice will also help us prepare for the next couple games playing Charleston and Tampa, who are two teams at the top of the league right now. Um, So it's it's a little bit of good and bad. I always want to play, but at the same time, it's also made benefit our team in the long run, getting a couple guys back.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Well, Tyler, we don't want to take any more of your time. Um, I just wanted to say uh, it's been really great to see you get the minutes, even if maybe that wasn't the original plan. It's really good to see you out there. We're a little biased about watching you play. And so uh, the more, the better you're looking good out there and, and good luck in the, in the future here, man.
3: All right. Thanks. Really appreciate it guys.
1: Thanks Tyler. See you.
3: Have a good night Ty. Yeah, you too.
1: It's okay. <laughs> I got it. All right. Thanks again to Tyler, David. Uh, it was really cool of him to call in. It was it was real last minute that I asked him because um, I was set up to do the Rhinos show, and obviously that game is postponed now um, for obvious reasons, and we're going to talk about that now, but First, um, make sure you guys all know that Spencer is here. Hey, what's and, going on, guys? Yeah. Um, you know, Spencer's pretty much, if you haven't realized it, is going to be a permanent fixture on this show unless he decides he wants to quit. So <laughs> Not anytime soon. Let's see how long he can deal with me. Um, but, yeah, Spencer, a lot's happened this week. We've got uh, quite a bit of water in our area right now.
4: Yeah, I actually live three, four minutes from the soccer park. Luckily, I'm up on higher ground but driving past that every day, it's hard to watch.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I even heard the water was...
4: It's on the other side of 270, but yeah, um, I mean, it's kind of scary. A lot of people are losing their homes and their livelihood and stuff like that, so I pray that they all get back on their feet. I mean, I know we like to sit here and complain that our soccer match got postponed and everything, but there's people that... (laughs) literally are losing their houses, all their property and stuff. So I hope the waters go back down for them just as much as that.
1: Yeah. I have a a very good friend um, that that lost his home last year and, you know, it was declared the hundred year flood. And um, so he thought, you know, I'm going to try to rebuild this, rehab the house, try to sell it for what I can. I mean, he really made it gorgeous and uh, thinking, you know, it was going to be a long time before a flood came back and man, now he's out again and, and, you know, it's maybe a discussion for a podcast that's not soccer, but, you know, there's no money out there for these people to recover. They just have to maybe foreclose or pay for a house that's underwater. You right. Know? Um,
4: um, as you know, I'm, I'm in insurance. And a lot of people ask questions about, like, the flood and everything. And flood insurance is sold by the government. So, I mean, there is no insurance that you can just go buy the day before this all happens or anything. So, I mean, these people literally will lose everything and there is no, oh, they'll get a refund check from their insurance and bills start over. A lot of these people are losing everything and they have no money to rebuild.
1: Yeah. And and there are, I want to dispel a rumor. I, I actually, we were just talking about how I started making a claim on my personal Twitter account about, you know, assuming that, that Chesterfield levies were to blame for this. And I want to make sure, I've I've tried to tweet it out a lot. Um, but after I was called out, the, uh, rightly so, um, I went and looked into it. I freaked out for making such a stupid comment um, without checking it out. And I went out and, and found out from the Army Corps of Engineers, they said the Merrimack and the levees in Chesterfield that are off of the Missouri are not actually connected. They're split by the Mississippi, which you can look at a map, and I did, uh, to make sure you know that they are split they're not connected and really, one cannot affect the other unless it's an absolutely long, prolonged situation where, you know, the Mississippi has to rise because of the Merrimack and then the Merrimack has to or the Mississippi has to cause the Missouri to rise and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that's not something if you think the rich people in Chesterfield who don't want to give their taxes to the county now um, want are, are causing the rest of the region to flood, the Chesterfield levies are not to blame. However, there are people speculating, STL, uh, STL Today um, Post Dispatch posted an article today saying that people are considering class action lawsuits against all the levees that were built upstream from uh, Valley Park. Uh, the Valley Park one apparently is correct. But the people upstream uh, perhaps didn't have permission to build their levees as high as they went. So things to look into. um, I don't want to start rumors. I just wanted to shut down the rumor I did kind of start. And so I wanted to make sure that was really clear. Chesterfield levees are not causing any troubles down south in Fenton. Um, But there are major problems there. Uh, The team came out and said that they are more prepared this year than they were last time. And so... I don't know. Insurance guy, we're insured now. So what does that mean for the team? How does that work for them?
4: To be honest, like I said, um, flood insurance is done by the government. So we don't we don't know any. I don't know anything about it because we don't sell it. It's not a product anybody offers. Literally, um, a few of my customers have flood insurance and I literally go, this is the number to call. You call them, you get flood insurance. I don't even know how much it is <laughs> just because that's all ran through the government. But in how I assume they'll get some money for it. Um, Last year they didn't have it, uh, so they were kind of hung out to dry and had to spend all that money themselves this year. Um, With knowing a little bit more that this was coming, Um, like you said, they have, I don't want to say made improvements, but they were better prepared for it all Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that with the insurance money and the better preparedness, it is not a huge burden on the team like it was last season.
1: well, and Tyler even said in the interview there that you know all they even got they knew ahead of time they didn't take any chances they got everything out I imagine that wasn't nailed to the ground and so they even got the lockers out and took them to the training facility in Collinsville that's really cool
4: and that's kind of a neat thing before a lot of things got lost like they showed pictures and everything of like desks and everything being just flooded. I'm assuming they just backed up every U-haul truck they could get and just got everything out um like tyler said the team's a class act they brought everything over to collinsville he said the only thing they don't have are their showers but Mm -hmm. that's understandable but yeah it's amazing how quickly this team got everything together and i'm interesting to see how interested to see how this turns out afterwards um the pictures and everything and the damage Mm -hmm. i mean they just put down that brand new turf field and now it's six feet underwater
1: and, you know, all the fields did roll back. The turf did last time. So I imagine that's going to have to at least be put back in place. And who knows if they have to buy a new one and who knows how much the insurance covers. Exactly. The you deductibles just don't know. And, and so I guess that transitions into the next question, which is, you know, earlier in this episode, you heard Pat Berry say that, no, we're not going to try a new site. People have said that maybe they should online. Um you know, someone like me thinks it would be really cool to have a division two team in the city of St. Louis. So, um, whether it's in St. Louis or in the county or in Fenton, um, I think my biggest question is: would be, were I an owner, would be, at what point do insurance premiums cost too much to make it worth paying that to where you know you spend this insurance money, whatever it is that you're about to get, on a new location that's not going to flood? You know, is in what at what point do you draw that line?
4: And that's another good point, um kind of like a couple people have said on Twitter and stuff about maybe this is a sign you need to move. Sure, but on the other hand, where else do you have fifteen, twenty acres of prime real estate to build it? Um, as you and I were talking about, what about the site for where the MLS stadium was going to be? I don't think the city would allocate that land to a division two team just because of they weren't gonna make as much money off of the revenue. Um, is part of that. And I don't think Kavanaugh and the ownership group needs the tax breaks to force them to give the stadium to Mm. the city. So I don't think that would work out. But on the other hand, I think it would be cool to be closer to downtown so that when people say, oh, I haven't heard of the team, like, how have you not? You've driven past the stadium 50 yeah. million times.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, too. But, you know, this is, you know, I want to clarify before anyone gets too worked up that this is just if they were to build in the city, what would it look like? This is speculative. If I because, had
4: $10 million, where yes. would I build a stadium?
1: Exactly. And And if it were me, I would love for it to be on that site if we could convince the city and the state to allow that to happen. Um, and if it was affordable, we don't know what property taxes are there versus Fenton, but um, you know all the costs really of being in the city versus Fenton. But you know it would still be a place that could get all those concerts and, and other activities. Different soccer teams could play there. Um, it could be a real good thing for the city, even though it's not holding twenty to thirty thousand people. Sure, we could still get six to ten thousand there pretty easily, I believe. Um, and so it would just be a cool thing. And I thought I'd maybe take some time to talk about it and dream about it here. Um, before we stopped talking about the flood, uh, but indeed the game is canceled or not canceled postponed for this Saturday. So, um, we won't be out there. That's the, probably the, the biggest disappointment for the people who weren't affected by the flood itself. Um, but we'll be playing the rhinos later. I had Brendan Doherty who covers the rhinos scheduled for tonight, but we're going to postpone that conversation too. Uh, so we have a little more to talk about, um, at the correct time. I think, uh, Brendan actually said, he's kind of glad we're pushing back cause he still hasn't figured out exactly what that team looks like this year. Uh, cause they're a, a, quite a bit different from what they were in years past. Um, so, all right. Um, what do you say we talk about your trip?
4: Yeah, I'm all for that.
1: Uh, tell me all about it. Spencer, you went down to Orlando to see the see the team play in Orlando in the new stadium. And...
4: Yeah, um, we flew down on Wednesday. Funny enough, our plane got delayed for nine and a half hours. Oh Luckily, my gosh. that happened here in St. Louis, and we had enough head notice, so we just hung out here in St. Louis for the day.
1: I but, saw it was delayed. I didn't know it was nine and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, we were supposed
4: to leave at 7 a.m. We didn't leave until like 4.30 in the afternoon. Ouch. Frontier did make it right and gave us a bunch of... Money for some vouchers, so hopefully I can go to more away games now because I have eight hundred dollars <laughs> in Frontier money. Yeah. Um. But no, it was a good time. Drove up there, um, on Thursday. Uh, talked to a few of the guys on the team, um, and let them know I was coming up there. I didn't know what to expect. You saw the stadium before. I just seen pictures, and it's a beautiful stadium. It's kind of in a rough part of town. A little interesting, but I mean, I parked at some ghetto gas station for ten bucks right across the street. Oh. Yep. For an Emma or for 10 bucks, it was cheaper than to park at St. Louis FC um, at 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. But it was a good time. I got inside and I started noticing some people wearing the uh, St. Louis FC shirts. And I had a bunch of people ask me where to buy the uh jersey I was wearing. And I told them go to ultras.com and buy it and everything. But um I kind of asked a few of the people why are you wearing St. Louis FC stuff? And it actually turned out to be West Sharpie's. Mom, dad, brother, and a couple family friends. So I talked to them. Great people. Um, I have to give a shout-out. I feel super bad, but it's his mom's birthday on Saturday. And they were kind to come up um, and watch the game. First time ever coming up to St. Louis for a match. And now that it's postponed, I feel real bad for <laughs> But But um, like I said, met them. Great people. Um, it was weird to be in a 25,000-seat stadium with 100 people. It's kind of... <laughs> eerie <laughs> just I imagine i mean i could literally hear grin west yelling at west yelling at anything i could hear the players talking in between it was kind of unsettling i'm used to chanting and yelling and stuff and mm-hmm. orlando city b had i don't know 10 people on the wall it looked like a 12 year old playing a drum <laughs> and that was the only thing you could hear i mean but i had a great time i wish we would have gotten three points but um after the match a lot of the players came over and were Super ecstatic to see people showed up. Um, nobody expected a soccer supporter to travel that far for a Division Two team. Yeah. A lot of them came from teams last year that only had, like Wes Sharpie came from Toronto. Their average number is 300 fans, so right. he was surprised. But um, no, it was a great experience all all around, and I'm super glad that I... Took the time to go down there.
1: Yeah, you mentioned you know I started at the beginning there. You mentioned that it was kind of a ghetto area, and I thought it was really interesting when I was there. They were talking about. Um, I actually ran into the team pastor. I didn't know it was the pastor until after the game was over. But There's he was a team pastor. There is in Orlando. Team chaplain. Hey, that's south of the Mason Dixon. That man. is true. You're right. <laughs> Plus, a lot of those, you know, a lot of Latino Catholics. On that a, is true. A, I'll give you that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, he was telling me all about the stadium, uh, everything he knew, and so one of the things was that. Really close to there, like five blocks away, is the um, where the Magic play. Amway Center. Yeah, and right down from that is all this like bar club district that looks really similar to Washington Boulevard in mm-hmm. St. Louis, and so um, it has a lot of like good stuff there, really good development there, and so they built the stadium like five to ten blocks from that. And everything in between there was still kind of questionable. But they said already, even in the one year or so that the stadium is being built, they're seeing it develop from that boulevard area, the bar district to the stadium. And I'm sure it'll go past. Um, It's getting better and better already. Oh,
4: definitely. I could see a lot of new. um, I don't know what direction I think it would have been east. East of the stadium is where. Maybe it's west. I don't know. I got all turned around. I did too. Um, I think it's west, actually. West of the stadium is where the Amway Center is. And it's kind of like downtown St. Louis where once you get past 20th a- or twentieth Street, it starts to get a little ghetto, a lot more just random lots and stuff. Same with them, but I could definitely see a lot of bulldozers and stuff where they're mm-hmm. trying to connect that Amway Center and uh, what's the name? Orlando City Stadium, isn't that the It name is. Of- yeah, Orlando, Orlando City, City Stadium. Try to connect them with bars and Stuff like that so that it brings that area up a lot.
1: Yeah, so it's nice to see a stadium doing what people claim that it will do. Right. <laughs> so, um, but I just wish know. that
4: it was happening in St. Louis. Yeah, exactly. On another note, in Florida, I did just see yesterday or the day before that St. Petersburg passed mm-hmm. their vote for MLS.
1: Yes, they did. And um, I <laughs> by hope, a heavy margin. Yes, they did. But now theirs didn't involve money, just to make that cool. really clear. It, exactly. And so I'm actually really excited. Part of the Beautiful Game Network, which we were part of, um, is is uh, unused substitutes. And so they cover uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And so I'm really excited to listen to this upcoming show. I did ask them, I said, I'm looking forward to this next show. I hope you have a whole bunch of stuff in there. and I hope you explain it for a guy like me who doesn't know anything. And so he gave me a rundown in our little chat room there. And he you know, mentioned that he was going to talk about all that kind of stuff in their next episode. So do look that up. Um, but yeah, that one didn't involve money. What was the name of their podcast? The Unused Substitutes. Okay. And it's on the Beautiful Game Network. You can find it on iTunes and everything, just like our Stitcher, uh, Android, so.
4: I still think another city deserves a chance before they get a second, but that's just me.
1: Before they get a second?
4: So, Tampa had an MLS team way back in...
1: Oh, yeah. Early
4: 90s, so... I think
1: Good soccer history there.
4: <laughs> I think somebody else should get another shot, but that's just me. Then again, Don Garber throw money at him and
1: well, anything could happen. I just think theirs is one of the purest out there. It's supposed to be privately funded. They didn't go all out and build a really expensive stadium. I really like their plan, but you, know, I'll give you that. there are so many good cities out there. I, I don't know if I could choose one, but those are my buddies now, so i got to maybe support them for That a is while. true. Um, okay, well, let's talk about the game itself. Um, we talked to Tyler a little bit about how it started in the three four three. He gave us the best explanation of, of why and, and how that worked for them because uh, I obviously had it a little bit wrong. And um, then they switched back to the four four two. 4 Anything that struck you about the game itself when you were there and it was really quiet and echoey?
4: <laughs> kind of like uh, Tyler said, I mean, I was sitting in the stands and I couldn't even have my scarf on. It was hot and humid. Um <laughs> Again, I know we've talked about it before that both teams have to play in that, but I do. I mean, I lived in Florida for eight years, and people would come down and be like, so hot, and you'd be like, it's not that bad today. Mm-hmm. So I think it affected them a little bit. Like like I said, every single one of the players when they came over were just drenched and just dumping water on themselves. So I think that had a little bit to do with it. Um, also, like Tyler said, you never want to go down on the road. So it's one of those things where... I think they played very safe, conservative. I just, when you were talking earlier, brought up uh, Matt Bierman's goal that got called back. I, from the camera angle that I can see, that was at the goal at the opposite end. I think he was on sides, and I think we should have been up one zero. But again,
1: well, coulda woulda shoulda, and and you know what? It kind of goes both ways too because their goal. I'm not sure that was offside. On, sorry, I don't. Th- their non-goal that was called offsides, it was pretty close. It
4: was, again, could have... And again, everybody likes to say, oh, well, if that goal would have gone in, we would have won. Well, the game would have completely changed. You play differently when it's up 1-0. They would have pushed harder knowing they were down. So I think you can't just say, oh, if Bierman's goal goes in and the... 44th minute that we would have won the game and it would have been awesome but right it's a whole new
1: it's a whole new timeline doctor it, who lovers exactly <laughs> so yeah so that was you know at least we did have chances in that game most of them seemed to come after we went back to the 442 though
4: exactly and i think that has to do with Comfortability, You know where people are going to be. You're more yeah. used to it. Um, I thought Green West played great, though. Um, mm-hmm. He was in the running for top five saves of the week Man. with his diving save. I um, have him.
1: I just underlined him four more times on my sheet because he did such a good job. Um,
4: I think uh, Cabraseta, Eric, uh, for his first start, I thought he did great. Um, yes. He had a bunch of balls uh, coming across that he knocked out of the way, slid, tackled. It was kind of weird. I don't know if you could hear it in the podcast, but he got stepped on. And... When somebody yells like that, like literally I was like looking around for him and he was on the ground. Luckily, he got up pretty quick um, on that. But I mean,
1: (laughs) yeah, that made me really nervous.
4: It's scary when these guys guys just came back. Yes, exactly. And
1: Plua went down several times, too. It it was it got rough. Actually, toward the middle of that game, it got very rough.
4: Yes. And which happens.
1: It's pretty normal bound
4: to happen but I thought overall for it being a lot of number two guys and a backup goalkeeper and everything I thought everybody played very well
1: yeah well you brought up the two things I wanted to mention about that which is grinwis we talked about and you mentioned Cabo seta because we've had disagreements about the center backs you know who's injured who's the actual starter in the center backs I would say no matter what we were playing the three four three and the 4 the center backs that played in that game, I thought, did really well. I thought there were not too many mistakes. Say to forgot to kind of cover the left side in one part, but I think it's because Plu was down, and so he didn't know which way to first go. First game
4: back, though, I think that has a lot to do with yeah. knowing where people are going to be on certain plays.
1: Without a doubt, but I, I guess my point was I thought everybody looked good. Nobody did anything to hurt themselves And so I'm wondering, you know, how long is it going to take for AJ to come back from the blow to the back of his head, which looked really bad. You showed it to me. Yeah, um, it
4: sounds like from sources I've heard he should. Well, he would have played Saturday, but it looks like, okay with again, kind of like I said, this extra week. Helps everybody in the sense of gives AJ another week, it gives Mm -hmm. Milan an extra week, it gives Dragon an extra week. I did see on the video St. Louis FC posted today, Dragon was out there running around with a penny on um, and everything, so that's good news. Again, they also showed Conrad Plua running around with a penny on for two weeks and we never saw him. So Mm. again, I hope that means he's on the right direction going back.
1: Yeah, you know what? And Tony Walls looks like he's fitting in a little better now that he's gotten some more time. I meant to ask Tyler about him, but, man, we could have gone on forever with Tyler. Um, Tony but,
4: Walls was super nice when I met him for the nice. first time in Florida. Um, great guy. He's a very tough nose, kind of plays precky style. Uh, and he fits very well with Ivan and uh, Dragon in the middle. Yeah. I think he plays their style of hard nose. He's not going to back down from anybody.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so it's nice to have him alongside T- Tyler, who knows how to play tough, but just isn't that guy that goes and, and nips at everyone and makes them uncomfortable all the time. He just knows he's just really good at being in the right place at the right time, good at passing things around. So um, it'll be interesting to see where and what happens with the center backs moving forward. Anything else you wanted to talk about with this game?
4: Um not about this game, really. Um, I was kind of looking forward to seeing Grinwis, Tony Wall, and Christian play against their former team, but it yeah. looks like they'll have to wait, um, for a little while. Again, I don't know when they're gonna sled this game
1: in, but I don't either. But I don't think we have. I meant to look at the schedule, but we, I don't think we have many games scheduled in May. And so, if if that is the case, you know, barring whatever happens with the Open Cup which I feel like might be something they're worried about scheduling a game too soon because we very well could be playing you know, two games in May more than we already have scheduled if, if things go well, maybe more than that. So um, I imagine in May would be nice since it's not busy, but it may fill up pretty quickly. Um, Update, so. we
4: just dropped a point in the standings for doing nothing. <laughs> oh did we because Pitts, pittsburgh the River won one zero tonight which bumped them up to fourth and put us at fifth but hey Ugh. still being fifth in the league for how we've played the last two years i'll gladly take it
1: I, I i caught a highlight of uh in the 22nd minute one of their guys hit a banger well outside the box that was just hit so hard and rose real fast into the top right corner really good shot Really great goal, so...
4: In May, we only have two games. um, Saturday, the 13th at Charleston Battery and the 27th at Tampa Bay Rowdies. So, I mean, there is some openings in there. Again, we don't play at home again until June 2nd. Mm. So that hurts me. um, Wait, no. We could, depending on this Azteca and Mm -hmm. Wichita game, we might have a game on Wednesday the
1: after mother's day 23rd? Oh, is it that far away? I'm sorry.
4: Cuz there are games on the 15th. Okay, yep. So we'd play the following Wednesday, which yeah. would be the 22nd. Okay. So but again, like you said there isn't much room there, um but again, it's going to be a while before we see the team at home, literally a month.
1: Wow. That hurts me. But uh we'll deal with it. We'll be watching our boys play some really talented teams coming up here. We need 4 points out of these next two games. That's I mean, hard. That's a big oh, ask. <laughs> In fact, I, I would say
3: it's that's... It's a big
4: a... ask, but when you lose to the last place team at Charlotte Independence, you got to make up those points somehow.
1: Yeah, you're right. You know what, though? I'm going to call the next win being against Toronto FC. That's bad. No, oh, it... <laughs> i i'm sorry to be like bad news bears about it but man our team's just so injured and these are two of the best le- teams we're gonna play all i was year. gonna
4: say um with this week of rest if this could get us back milan or possibly dragon get us aj and conrad sheldon west and get everybody healthy i think we could pull a win out of one of those yeah but then again I don't know the injury updates. I'm not talking to any of them right the second going. Hey, who's going to be healthy by then? Sure. But I'd love to see. I mean, these are two tough teams that are at the top of the league right now. So, I mean,
1: they posted some stats when we were playing. And so OCB
4: number one and two teams.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and OCB was actually I didn't realize how good they are. I thought they looked like a really fun team to watch. I enjoyed watching that game, even though it was 0-0, because both teams play a really nice style of soccer. Um, but um, I thought it was interesting they posted some stats where OCB and us, St. Louis FC, were in the top four for the most passes per game, which is proof almost that they like to keep that ball on the ground. They like to pass it around to try to find an opening for a goal. Um, And then, you know, who was number one was Tampa Bay Rowdies. And then next to that, they showed they
4: Joe Cole, though.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, no. And they got, uh, I f- forgot, Schaefer. Yeah. He's that, you know, that German national. And they got all kinds of guys. Is that the
4: guy that played for Wolfsburg?
1: Yes. That's oh, okay. the Wolfsburg guy. So, you know, they've got incredible talent. They're coming down a league. I mean, not officially, but they are. So, you know, but they showed that that stat. They were top in the most p- passes done, but they were also at 81% completion rate. And then OCB and St. Louis were down in like the mid-70s percentage. And that's like 12th and 14th um, in the in the USL for that. So, um, you know, that's one thing that the announcers, I thought, did a great job pointing out and saying that's something that if and when they improve, I think things are going to look good for us. And I do think that is a stat that's going to get better and we need to keep an eye on. But that's how good Tampa Bay is, is my ba- my big point there.
4: If we could draw Tampa Bay and get a win against Charlotte or not Charlotte. Charleston, yeah, I think that'd be huge. Again,
1: that's the way we would have two two do huge, it. They're
4: two huge, tough teams, yeah. but I think we—you can't walk out with zero points in the next two games.
1: No, it, you know, I would definitely say at least one or two points at the very worst. You know, I would be very disappointed if we didn't get one or two points.
4: If you let Charleston and Tampa Bay win those games, I mean, we stay at eleven points, and they both jump up to sixteen. Yeah. Again, they have a game this weekend, we don't. But I mean. That's a huge jump up in the standings. I mean, that Pittsburgh Riverhound and who were they playing tonight? Uh, it was a f- three-point swing. They were playing, come on, Toronto. Toronto's in 11th. If they would have won, they would have jumped to fifth. So, I mean, yeah. Right now, there's a lot of teams real close together, and you can't let the two top teams just keep pulling away or else we're going to never get up into the top five.
1: Yeah, and we're all, you know, last last episode, we were real nice at the end. We said, you know, sure, we lost to Charlotte, and that really sucks because we should have beaten them, but we've also done well so far. We're being nice right now because things haven't gone badly yet. But we did warn that Charlotte thing could come back to haunt us. And this is the situation where, yes, we lost to Charlotte, and now we've got to play two of the hardest teams in the league. We may look pretty bad for a little while until, you know... But those three points
4: against Charlotte would have at least got us a little bit more of a buffer. I mean, three points against Charlotte, and we'd be... Uh, 14th, we'd be in number one spot right now if we got those uh three points. That's actually so then, crazy to think about. So then you go from five to one. It gives you a little bit of buffer. If you do, God forbid, lose to both, they jump up on you. So you're sitting at, we'd have 14, they'd have 16. So you're sitting two points behind, in third place behind those two, hmm. Compared to if we lose these games, they're gonna be sitting at 16, 17, and we'll still be at 11 points.
1: Yeah. And so you that, gotta
4: get a win when you can against a bottom team like that.
1: You're right. And and I think they're gonna get a little negativity if things don't go at least, you know, like like we said, three, four points, at least one or two. They're gonna get a little negativity and they're gonna be preaching that slow start thing again, you know? And so the get problem ready is for we that.
4: came out fast and hot. Yeah. So it's hard to go. Those were flukes. We still need time to gel. We still like it's hard to backtrack on that. I think
1: it it is. It is definitely, but it doesn't mean it's not true. And so that's one thing I just think I'm gonna I'm gonna end with is even if we lose these next two, pressure's gonna be on. But I still think even if something bad happens in the next two, there's time, plenty of time to recover uh, from that. But I'm not gonna talk. About it like it happened already. Exactly. I'm just kind of forecasting here. So, um, all right. Um, I think that's it. We've gotten close to an hour here. Uh, so, I think we're going to sign off. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Spencer, thanks for joining me.
4: No problem. Have a good night, guys. Bye bye. Stay dry.
1: Stay dry. <laughs>
2: Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, bgn.fm, and stlsoccerreport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to stlsoccerreport at gmail.com.